this is Locally Entertaining, and I'm your host, Joanne bailey Borsba, and I'm so excited today for all our listeners because I have my good friend, Managing Director of the Van Single Fine Arts Center, Sarah Brower. Welcome! Hi, it's so good to be on here. We're so excited. Yes. So well, thanks for having us. Well, yeah, well, it only takes, what, a month to figure this yeah, out? I'm I like, know. <laughs> Once the fall gets kicked off and everything, it's like you think you have all the time in the world next thing you know, Christmas, mm. which I'm fine. I love Christmas, so it's fine. So, I have yeah. no complaints. So, well, I just figured it was like, you know, I just thought, oh, well, she's probably still underneath all that construction over there at that high school. Right. <laughs> so I'm like, yeah, she'll, she'll dig her way self back right, out again. Exactly. So. Now we've got our part. We've got ample parking back. Like, every day mm. we pull them, they're like, Look at all these spaces. So it's feeling good. <laughs> so cool. Well, you know what? I think probably for a lot of people don't really know what the Van Single Fine Arts Center is. Yeah. So, and I think it's it's kind of a, personally, I think it's, well, and I'm going to, I have to kind of do a full disclosure at this point and let um, all the listeners know that I am on the advisory board for the Van Zinkle Fine Arts. Um, so I know what the Van Zinkle Fine Arts is, um, but I think it's kind of one of those little gems in West Michigan that really started kind of a trend here um but let's let's first talk about the vision i mean when did the van single actually come to be so back in the mid 90s uh i and everybody knows that it's over in byron center and back in the 90s uh byron center looked really different from what it is now um back then they used to call us barnyard center and we just had a bit of a different reputation Mm. um and so a lot of our community leaders got together and and the discussion was how do we really put ourselves on the map how do we become a destination district um we saw these uh these other communities that we really, really um, uh, revered, and we just wanted to kind of set ourselves not only not only catch up with those, but really set the bar even higher. And so uh, the conversations that were had were, what is a real rarity? What's a commodity when it comes to families searching out a new place to live? And uh, one of the things that we focused heavily on was well-funded fine arts education. Um, fine arts curriculum continues to be a rarity today, but we uh, kind of had a revolutionary idea, and we had some really great uh, community leaders who, who really picked up the helm of, of just kind of doing this wacky new idea, which was not to have just an auditorium, but to have a state-of-the-art fine arts center that could be utilized by the community. It could host professional shows. It could, of course, um, host classes, things like that. It would it would become whatever the shell of the building needed to be. We could adapt it. Um, um, and I'm going to say, because I think for our listeners, one thing that they have to kind of remember in that time period, arts and entertainment wasn't something that the schools really promoted that much. It was still it was still very struggling. I mean, I I mean, I grew up in the seventies. Mm-hmm. Um, in my time, it was the first thing that always got cut when the right. villages, and then along with the you know gym and everything else, it was the mm-hmm. first thing that got cut. So it was still like it was a struggling thing for schools to be able to ju- to really justify. You know, can we offer arts and entertainment? And then to think in terms of a school district that is largely a farming community, which mm-hmm. is what Byron Center was it's kind of transitioning way over there now (laughs) we always say rural suburbs emphasis on the rural now we're more emphasis on the suburb um and here you have this community that's really mostly you know that farming community Mm -hmm. that still has that sports you know mantra into Mm -hmm. it and they're looking at arts entertainment and Mm -hmm. that is just you know boom that's just mind-blowing that these people came together and so we're talking about that. So that's like a really huge deal. It is. And that's where we, when we're kind of talking about the history of the end single, um, I think one thing that is important to note, like you say, is um, back then, you know, we didn't have these fine arts centers at our schools. Mm-hmm. We were, we consider ourselves the granddaddy. Um, 
majority of the other, and in fact, all of the other districts, when, if you look at our original strategic plan for the Van Single, um, you know, it says what other comparable facilities are there in, in the, in, in the lower peninsula. And, um, we considered ourselves on par. Really, our only competition was the Red Barn Theater, Miller Auditorium, DeVos, and, um, and Wharton Center. And so um, at the time, these other places, some schools did have auditoriums, but mm-hmm. there's a big difference between an auditorium and a fine arts center that is able to host the magnitude that we are. Um, and, and we were pretty much the first school district say no we will stand behind this as the district because we have the community ready to champion it mm-hmm. and um and so yes and then the other districts in the year fast forward 20 years these other districts um came in they toured you know even within two or three years we really made quite the splash we had people coming in from arizona mm-hmm. asking how did you structure this how did you get the community behind this how did you get the district behind this like what an idea and so um and, and the good thing is part of our mission is to make uh fine arts accessible and i think we did a really good job of that because other districts districts mm-hmm. um, were able to to get behind their own plans and be able to make their own fine arts centers. So yeah, really, I mean, we're talking like Forest Hills Fine Arts, mm-hmm. um, the Jenison Fine Jenison, Arts Center, yep. and, um, um, Coopersville to some extent. And, and yeah, just some, uh, gosh, I can't even begin to name because it's become um, such a phenomenon now. And I think, yeah, and I think what other people don't realize is that like, even though they may not build, and I'm, I guess I'm thinking of Kelloggsville, I mean, they didn't build themselves a really incredible Van Single, right. um, but they did make an effort and they did a beautiful job in redoing their auditorium to offer and have those arts programs because of the fact that you guys were able to be that avant-garde and take that lead and say, you know, this is really important for school districts to have. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. And with that, we're, we're really proud of kind of our stake that's been in the legacy of all West Michigan fine arts. Um, just uh, we had a wonderful program that we partnered with the uh, KCTC, um, which is Kent County Technical Center. And, um, and um, you know, we, we are really proud of we had an entire generation of young theater technology artists that came out of the program directly held over at Van Single. And again, like you said, it kind of just lit this fire for this appreciation of arts education, not only in our own community and the surrounding ones, but also to kind of make districts all over say, you know what, we can go further. And if this is something that is important to our community, wherever we are, you know, even for 15, 20, 30 minutes away from Byron Center, we can you know, we can make this a priority as well. And so, yeah, I think it's been really, um, so yeah, we're very, we're very proud of that. And it's been a really special thing. And in West Michigan, um, I grew up here, but you know, I've been out to um, California, lived out there for a while. And I, you know, got my education down in Kalamazoo. And just the more I see, and the more I got out there after having graduated from Byron Center, the more that I got out there, um, the more uh, gratitude I had for, for the opportunities that were allotted to me as a kid, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to say that every child who comes through Byron Center Public Schools will be up on that stage, and that's a perform that's a professional grade stage. Mm-hmm. Um, we have one of the biggest stages in um, now. Now my technical director has all of these stats and specs <laughs> for me, so part of me doesn't want if Steve Hayes is listening. I don't want to. I don't want to miss Steve. We love you, Steve. <laughs> but uh, but um, no, we have. Like our wing space, for instance, is practically unheard of, even at the professional level, even at DeVos or Miller. We are on par with mm-hmm. those. Um, same for our fly space. Um, just just the facility in general. When they locked in back in the 90s on it, they knew that they had to look at this is what they've got and this is what we want it to be. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, and kind of going back to that that history there, um, 
you know, to get, because it is complicated. A lot of people um, kind of think that we're an outside entity to Byron Center, and it is a little bit confusing, but what it is is the district, the agreement for the original mission was that Byron Center Public Schools would build and maintain the facility, and then the staff of the Van Single and the council and community members, the community leaders who we could um, uh, 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 kind of recruit to be our advocates, we would fundraise to basically subsidize the district's use and at the same time offer community assets and community engagement and interests, things like that. So it's a really interesting place. You know, when I introduce myself to people and I kind of explain what we do at Van Single, it's it's a lot to cram into two or three sentences. <laughs> because, I want to see you do that one sometime. I want oh to see gosh, you try yeah. to do that in two to three sentences. <laughs> You'll be like, that was, that was not really? concise at all. There's a lot of commas and semicolons. <laughs> Depends on how you define a sentence. <laughs> but, um, but no, it's really incredible because it does, you know, 80% of what we do is having you know, the students up there, and that's orchestra concerts, that's um, National Honor Society, that's even safety presentations. We had a Be Nice uh, presentation. We had um, one of our English classes uh, honored World War II veterans in the community. We host those events, and that's part of our 88% educational district use, but then we have about 12% left in our calendar um, to do whatever we want, and that's where we take our opportunity to really try to bring in the rest of the community who may not necessarily have a stake in the district, as in they don't have a child currently attending, but they still have an opportunity to be part of that small town feel. Mm-hmm. And that's so important to us because that's what Byron Center is. That's that's what we, you know, back in the 90s, that's what everybody was was celebrating was how can we make this small town the destination where everybody wants to be. And yet we want to honor that same tradition that makes Byron Center so special. So mm-hmm. it's been a, it's been really cool because it opens up all these opportunities for us. And so we have our professional season that we bring in and we've got um, journey at the end, or sorry, a tribute to journey at the end of the month. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're a very, I was going to say, not, not, <laughs> mind you, we are still the public school stuff. We don't have the real journey, but we have a, a, a fabulous tribute band. In fact, we had some fella who's a major journey fan and he's actually gotten to the point where he's following this particular tribute band around whenever they come to the mm-hmm. Midwest. Cause he loves them. So the um, same thing, you know, happens with the ABBA groups. There's a yeah, couple, yeah, there's one they get that, quite the following. Yeah. It's, yeah. A, it's amazing. Oh, and I know. It's just, it, there's like the one that keeps coming in with the symphony i mean there's yeah. like, like they're like yeah I, I, my friend jeff works with the symphony so yeah, yeah there's always a group of people right that same fellow i'm talking about he's like actually you know i saw a journey a couple of years ago with like the new i think there's a new front man for it mm-hmm. he's like i saw i saw it a couple of years ago and frankly i'd rather just go to this absolute journey thing instead i was like whatever we just want to see you so you come out mm-hmm. you can see the real journey too but come see us so mm-hmm. but no so it's been so we've got them on um november 30th which is right after the holidays so we're we're hoping to catch people while they're, they've got friends and family in mm-hmm. town. We're hoping that'll be kind of a fun holiday weekend uh, excursion, and then um, and then in the f- or sorry in the spring. Whoa, I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, I'm almost like in the fall. <laughs> Either that or I'm really behind. <laughs> it's still okay. summer in my mind. Yeah. But um, yes, and then in the spring we have cool jazz and we have our nationally recognized uh, Byron Center jazz bands, which is um, under the direction of Mark Townley, who's an incredible and very well respected. Uh, uh, um, and you could never leave. Just in case he's listening. Right, just in case you're listening, Mark, <laughs> you're going to stay forever. Um, but Mark's an incredible jazz artist and a wonderful educator, and he's, um, yeah, and the jazz program and the students involved with that are just 
just megatowns. I can't even begin to express. Every time I walk in accidentally to where a jazz student's like practicing off on their own and everything, and I feel, I hear, I don't even know if they have that many fingers. I just, it like, uh, it blows my mind. Mm. Um, but yes, yeah, so we have our jazz band, and that's in April. And then um, I think it's uh, April. Oh, gosh, I'll double check the dates. Um, but, and then also in April, we have uh, Scott Bruce's Elvis, who's actually the preferred Elvis impersonator for uh disney resorts so um we actually got quite a few requests for his particular we've gotten a lot of requests for an elvis show um but then once we heard scott's name come up with several people who approached about like you should really bring scott bruce as elvis um then that yeah certainly uh set, set some ideas off in our heads so um yes we're happy to have him then and then we have our students. We have a pretty new program called Band Single Youth Theater, or as we like to call it, Visit. Mm-hmm. V-S-Y-T. Yeah. Yay. <laughs> I love anagrams. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but we have Visit performing uh, Frozen Junior in June, first weekend of June. June. So yeah. 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 And that's, yeah. And people who want their kids to get into that, that's going to be a tough yeah. one because you really have, what, 75 spots for yeah, that? Yeah, 75 year. spots. So this yeah. is our second year doing the program. So this is... Um, this program has been 20 years in the making in that parents have been asking for an opportunity for their elementary age, older elementary age. Um, yeah, since since we opened our doors in 1998, they're like, so the elementary school, how are we going to get them mm-hmm. all there? And, um, and, you know, it was so daunting to us because we didn't know how do you do this. And in and, and musical theater, as you know, you've been in plenty mm-hmm. of productions yourself. Mm-hmm. Musical theater is... is um, is no cakewalk. Uh, it takes a lot of focus. Uh, it seems like it's all just song and dance, but it's a lot of hard work. And so, um, and I just want to say yeah. that even though you have the largest wings in the back, yeah. trying to get from one side to the other seems like you just don't ever have enough room to get over. Mm-hmm. You know, it doesn't matter where you're at. You know, it's got, just, you're like, oh, you've got I've got to be on the other side. Seats, and you're like, I have 38 seconds before my next entrance. 38? Oh, that's a lot, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you're like, and a costume change, they got to rewig me. And <laughs> I'm like, come around, where's my mic? <laughs> the yeah. panic of live theater, there's it's nothing so, like it. Yeah, it's that's <laughs> but, really cool. But yeah, and so, um, yeah, so with parents, we just want to, or with these kids and their parents, we really wanted to answer that need and and finally the stars aligned the past couple years were um the reality of of or, or making this a reality really became a priority so last year we um had uh we finally had the opportunity to kind of adapt and there have been some other programs in the area um that have been similar i think caledonia has one um i believe jenison has one they have these youth theaters these children's programs and it just felt about time that um th- that we kind of foray into it so we did and it's been oh sorry I was gonna say well but also I mean Van Single um, you guys had programs too I mean you had small theater programs because my daughters that's true um, were in those programs mm-hmm. and you kind of led that forefront as well because you had those programs and I think they were kind of related to the Grand Rapids Civic Theater I don't know I'd have to ask Kathy Richards I, I'm not really sure um, but I do know some of the people who oh worked, like the day camps the day camps yes. and stuff like it was like a week or something like that yeah so we had and, we mm-hmm. have our high school our high school theater programs would do a full fledged production um, mm-hmm. a play or a musical in fall and then spring um, but then for our young our, our younger uh, thespians in training, uh, they would have the opportunity. We did have some, um, oh gosh, Ron and Roseanne who would come in from, I believe they have types to Civic, um, Kenawa. They kind of have, 
an incredible program that they bring on the road in the spring and the early summertime. And so they'd come in and they would do theater day camp where we would mm-hmm. um, take yeah. up to 30 students who were between, or I want to say those were second graders through eighth grade. Yeah, I remember they, the girls had to wait to get to be a certain age in order to be yeah. in that program. And then when they aged out of that program, they went to civic because right. they wanted to Because there was that. a gap there mm-hmm. and then until you get to high school. And so, mm-hmm. and that's where, um, you know, and it's funny too, because we had, we could only accommodate 30 students. It was a mm-hmm. four day program. And then at the end, we would do a very, very dressed down, simple um, uh, play. Pr- pr- yeah, play, a performance. Yeah. yeah. There was, it wasn't like, you know, we were painting the set. It was nothing extravagant in the meat. But they still the... got to make a costume or they right. got to do little pieces of things yeah. and stuff like that. And so they still got like kind of their first taste of theater. Um, but then just given the um, kind of the constraints of the calendar and that program itself and, and just the size of it and where it was placed in the year, which was usually. Um, well into summer vacation um Mm -hmm. at that point you know it it, it was still very much kind of step one and so after we realized the popularity i mean we got to the point where we would open that up and we wouldn't even advertise that that was open and it would be full within three weeks Mm. um three weeks i would think three days it would be like we'd have like 27 (laughs) students by the end of the week kind of thing so we'd have like three spots and you know and and so we really saw a need and then of course when we did willy wonka in partnership with master arts theater over um on the other side of Byron Center near Cutlerville Gaines, um, you know, we we had so many children turn up for that. Out of our 130 auditionees, mm-hmm. uh, like 105 were kids. Mm-hmm. And so we saw that there was absolutely a mm. thirst. And this Joanne But you didn't try out with the kids, of course. No, no. <laughs> you went for one of the adult roles, and you got it, too. Yes. Landed it. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, and so... With that, you know, we just saw, again, there's absolutely a longing there for these younger actors. And I know I would have been, you know, thrilled to the teeth as a kid because I went through theater in high school and everything. But as a young kid, I would have loved that. So that's where, you know, finally it was like, you know, we got to do it. And we had a couple of um, individuals who had uh, had experience in previous programs who were like, you know what? If we don't, why don't we jump in the pool and we'll learn how to swim and, you know, everything. You got to start somewhere. And so we started and uh, we did 101 Dalmatians and we had 120 kids um, in that, and so that's a lot of children. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, it was interesting through. though when you were, when the production was. was going on, and you would see these kids, and they'd be like, and they'd be like, and the store would be like. Yeah, it's got to be one of the Dalmatians. I'm like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I know that her fashion has gotten very avant-garde. I was like, or, yeah, kids' fashions have really changed. <laughs> so, and that was the cool thing about like one on Dalmatians is here they were like, oh, we got to pick something. We're like, this will have a lot of interest, and we want to make sure there's enough roles. We're like, well, we know at least coming out the gates, we know we have 101. <laughs> so woohoo! Um, so it worked out well, and it was and it was very fun. And I think we had 113 kids in the final cast. And um and it was oh it was a great time and those kids learned a lot and they were all such good sports and and it really covered the bracket too I mean we had first through sixth grade represented there and um, a couple of Christian school students as well um and so yeah so we we knew we had something special we kind of knew that even before we started that once this starts there's no turning back and mm. and um but you know that's that's kind of been our the impetus you know I've been on board now for three years and and. I think that's been kind of rolling with the punches and as times change and everything, you want to adapt yourself because the theater game back in 1998 when we were kind of mm-hmm. looking at Miller and DeVos mm-hmm. as our only, um, you know, kind of our only colleagues on that level, it's it's very different now because we do have, people have so many options in the area. This is mm-hmm. a very um, arts conscious and um, and arts lush area mm-hmm. and so people have a lot of options and and um you know we've noticed that as we go forward you know there's 
And also, too, on an age of Netflix and, and Hulu and all that stuff, you know, there's a lot of options for entertainment. And so for those who uh, do do like the culture and the culture scene locally, um, yeah, we appreciate that they are still looking for opportunities to get out and support community. And, and that's where, yeah. But let's think about it. Like in 1998, and I mean, now you – you went. You went through Byron Center. I did. Mm-hmm. And yep, you yep. mentioned too that you didn't. The time you went through Byron Center, there wasn't really any of those children's programs. Like my daughters right. had the children's programs. Right. Um, but you got the opportunity um, to kind of hit at the high school. I mean, how having how having a Van Single or having something like the Van Single at the high school really impact your life? Oh, absolutely. I always say the whole trajectory for my life would have been. Uh, I, I honestly can't even imagine it because, you know, I was, <laughs> I've always been a, <laughs> a boisterous kid. But then, you know, you hit those tough mm. years where all of a sudden you become aware of yourself in a way that you weren't during your naive <laughs> young yeah. years. Yeah. And I think once you become, you know, you hit those, you know, around 11, 12, and then, you mm. know, your personality um, sometimes takes a back seat, you know, as you try to figure out where you fit in, where mm-hmm. you belong. And I know just speaking to my experience personally, um, you know, there, those were some tough years for me. And, um, you know, and I kind of kept to myself and, uh, just really kind of, you know, went into my shell and it wasn't until I was, I think, a, a sophomore, sophomore in high school that I did my first musical. And I was so nervous because here I was like, I have a good voice. I will sing well. They will like my voice. But I got so nervous during my first audition that I like, ow, I still laugh at it, honestly, because I was like, it was for Footloose. I'm like, Footloose. Like I was like a goat trying to sing because I was so nervous. And, you know, um, but then after that, uh, you know, it occurred to me as I was going through the theater program that, you know, you can be yourself and there will be acceptance and there's room for all these personalities and you can find leadership in different ways. And, and, and that's really resonated with me as I get older. Um, and especially as I kind of get back into education is there are so many personalities and so many, um, of these students, you know, not every student's going to be the star quarterback or mm-hmm. class president. And, and not every student is going to have the lead because I was absolutely you know, I was told my girls that not every student is going to have a lead, mm-hmm. but it's not always about being the lead. It's about being part of the production and that collaboration. Collaboration, and, yeah. And I said, a lot of times you can have a lot more fun if you're part of the ensemble. Absolutely. Than you are, and I'm being really honest, Kara. Only every time she auditioned, the first thing she would say. I just really want to be in the ensemble, but I'll <laughs> sing for you. And then right. they, they were, you know, the director was like, sign her up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, absolutely. You know, because she that's just, the attitude you want is just people who want to be part of something. And I think that mm-hmm. that's, mm-hmm. And, and also too, you know, there's also room for those who um, are better behind the scenes, aren't technically minded. And that's the cool thing I think about the fine arts, not only theater, but just fine arts in general, where it's, there's so much um, intersection of visual arts mm-hmm. and music and then acting and public speaking and all of these things kind of come together in this really interesting amalgamation of talent and um and i and i think that's why it's so important i think that's why more districts and more communities you know coming out of the 90s i think more communities are recognizing the value and offering these opportunities again you know that every student who comes through this district regardless of what what little Susie Q grows into whether she wants to be the star quarterback or mm-hmm. you know the first trumpet or you know, president of the National well, Honor Society, she'll find her place, and there's uh, room for that. Well, and I think what we've all found, too, and as, as you start to talk, is like, um, well, I'll pick on my own daughter. She just loves this Maggie. Um, you know, they've just, you know, 
she's really good at music. She's also really good at math. There's a correlation between Absolutely. that. And they suddenly discovered is like, oh, if a child's having a problem with math, maybe if we work with them with music. Um, you know, if if a child's having a problem with something here, maybe we put them in, in, in this in an open environment where they, you know, they don't feel like they're going to fail yeah. if they don't get the correct answer on that exam or get the correct formula and I think that's really kind of opened those doors to to the schools is to making sure you know that arts are part of it because I even see it like and I have a friend whose um, kids go to the charter school the Byron Center Charter School and they make an you know they make a concentrated effort of having a band and doing some kind of small production of something um, just because I think Education has really, and that's really cool on my end, um, has really embraced that and understanding that this works. If you work together, it works. Um, I I agree with you on that. It's funny that you bring this up because we just had this discussion the other day with some of our visual art teachers. Just We were honestly kind of just sitting after mm-hmm. after an event and just started talking. And um, it's been interesting because I'm not an educator by trade. Um, I ended up in education and, you know, with the donor relations. And, and, and I'm not either. I'm, right. a, I'm an art person and a theater lover right. from the outside who's had children participate. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to also qualify this. I have one child who's going into nursing yeah. who was in theater. I have another child who's going into choir who is going into voice. But... You know, the yeah. one who went into science isn't planning to be on stage, but it has actually helped her as far as her public speaking Absolutely. and working with patients on a day-to-day basis. Absolutely. And then that's what we were, I was talking to the uh, to these teachers who, who are educators by trade, and they were talking about how it's been interesting to watch the shift. And it's interesting, too, because this was all kind of alluded to in our initial strategic plan back in 1998. You know, like, how cool would it be when these kind of these cutting edge brains were trying to think of, imagine 30 years down the line, what would education look like? And of course, a lot of that, you know, much of that was just, um, you know, dreaming big. It never came to fruition. That wasn't the purpose, but it it was just ideas that were kind of tracked over time. It's interesting because I was talking to these educators who've just kind of commented on how education and how arts fit into education, how it's um, transformed over the years. And one of the things that they were talking about was how some of the programs, because obviously they have students who are college-bound every year, and uh, they were talking about how one of their students um, was at a program somewhere here locally um, who their degree, she was very much arts-minded in high school. And what she's doing now is she's working with the DNR, and um, they're coming up and they're using a lot of art, like art-minded people to come up with these creative solutions on mm-hmm. how to problem solve. And, and again, it's just that, like we said, that amalgamation of, of innovation with practicality, with people skill, with, um, you know, just whatever wacky mm-hmm. mathematical thing, however you tie that into style and design and how do you get, you know, it's it's so many pieces that come together and it's hard to educate, you know, in the, in the same way that it was probably 40 years ago where it's like, this is math. This mm. is your history. You know, it's like. This is how you write yeah, a J in cursive. Exactly. I mean, yeah, who uses and I, cursive anymore? I, I, <laughs> I think like, that's something really special about, you know, I did I did quite a bit of international work during my college career. And, um, and one thing that I know we're lauded for um, as Americans is, is our use of critical thinking in the classroom. And I'm really pleased the older I get to see how that critical thinking has, even that has morphed and kind of become critical thinking, but under so many different hats and colors, you know, where, again, you know, somebody who's arts and photography in high school can mm-hmm. go into, you know, 
critical problem solving for the DNR because you bring all these different facets. It's just so multifaceted again. Well, and again, it's like even being behind the stage and a student is assigned, you know, the task of taking care of the props. Um, yeah. You know, I think one exchange student who was, who, was, who was a prop mistress and, you know, she literally came up with a way to know where every prop was and one she had a whole labeling system down oh, and yeah. she just did that um just because it was a way for her to get well they kept losing the ring from the hobbit oh. <laughs> so, so that way she could find the ring that was a bigger problem but you know she had to come up with a way to make sure that that ring got back yeah. to her so she would have it yeah. for the next show and that was kind of a big thing i had another student who didn't make up yeah. um and she's like you know she she did pretty good job with her own makeup but she says you know I never really thought you know this is the way you do this and this is the reason why you do that and and the shading oh, and all that and you learn so much more and you just walk, she said I just walked away with things I didn't even think I was going to get out of it absolutely um, it's it, it mm. and like you said public speaking that's usually the first one that that people allude to but it, it is true like you can um you certainly could tell, um, even, you know, when we, I worked in admissions at the college level, you could tell when you had students who were in the fine arts because they were unafraid, even if they were introverts by nature, mm-hmm. there's um, a definite skill that is transferable across industries and, and just in your personal life as well to um, being able to get up in front of people and present succinctly um, and, and be able to just uh, be a spokesperson for whatever it is you you, you believe in, and I think that that's something that's um, rightfully so. That's that's often um, uh, attributed to fine arts education, and I think that's one of the most important things. And that's why I personally think every every mm-hmm. high school student should take a fine arts course of some kind, um, mm-hmm. particularly if it includes performance of some kind, because I think um, once you do it, you know, at least you can say you tried it, and then and then you know from mm-hmm. there, you know, there's there's only so far that you can fail, you mm-hmm. know, and that's, and that's much of life's lessons in the first place is, you know, every time you fail, you learn something from so. <laughs> but even look like, if you look out and you just look at our, at our, at the society, if you just look yeah. through, you can see all of this creative, these creative projects, these creative brands, these creative oh, yeah. things that are just happening that people are, are, are coming up with. And you're like, wow, this is like really different. And and I think when it's on a tidal wave of mass communication, I'm like the world's ever seen. I mean, we're more connected than any mm. other period in history. Plus, we enjoy more luxuries mm. and more a, a better mm. state of living across the board than any other time in human history. And so you throw that in and it, it it's this really interesting time where you have science becoming art, art becoming science art becoming communication, communication becoming science. You just have, again, it's blurring lines across, and it's really driving mankind forward in a fascinating way. There's a John Adams quote that I think of a lot. This is kind of related, kind of not, but it's um, John Adams had said, I studied, or my my father studied war and strategy so that I can study math and science so that my son can study art and philosophy. Mm-hmm. And it's a, and I think about that quote a lot because it speaks to the journey of mankind and being able to cultivate mm-hmm. culture, really, you know, mm-hmm. and define what what is culture and how does it all feed into a cycle too, mm-hmm. of being, you know, at what point does art give back to its predecessor of math and science and continue feeding that in a really productive and, and um, human way. So mm-hmm. the other thing too, I mean, now as you as you, we fast forward now, I mean, there's also. Like when my kids were doing theater, there wasn't a lot. I mean, you could, you know, you could go to the, the one-week camp. Um, I think they, they'll 
Kevin and I were talking about it once at Marshall. They had a, um, a theater program. You know, I think it was like there was more snowstorms, and by the time they could, you know, it was supposed to be like a like a six week program, and I think it didn't like it started in January, and didn't finish until almost May because of was all this the back stuff. in like two thousand four or five. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. My mom yeah. told me about that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like it was crazy, but all those kids persevered, um, and they had their show. But Good you know, but you think about it now, and I look out and I see. You know, you've got stage, GR, mm-hmm. and, you know, of course, Civic always had, you know, young programs. But kids, you know, students can be involved in all kinds of different levels of True. theater. They can do a lot of – anybody can be. And there's just so much more. And in a way, don't you feel like facilities like Van Single and a school having something like that really kind of helps grow that? Oh, absolutely. I think I, I think that we um, – without patting ourselves on the back, I, I absolutely – Oh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, I, I always say, you know, I'm like, if somebody wants to correct me, you know where to find me. But mm-hmm. I always say, you know, the the growth of Byron Center as a community and as a destination district, I personally, mm. and maybe I'm biased, but I see a direct correlation to uh, the vision of the Van Single, the success of the Van Single, and the community um, appreciation and buy-in to an idea like Van Single, because it, it couldn't be done without community. And, and from that same token... Um, you know, what can Van Single do to keep driving that forward and continue to mm-hmm. uh, create these opportunities? And absolutely, I think, um, you know, we've had a role in helping grow those programs. And I think that those programs will continue to grow West Michigan as a really desirable place to live because it doesn't really matter your age, there's an opportunity, you know, mm-hmm. and that's, you know, from having lived elsewhere it's Mm. it's there's no place quite like west michigan and i'm always like i kind of want to brag about it on a national level but then on the other hand i'm like i don't want people to find out what a gem we have over here because then it'll become overpopulated and we'll have to do a lot of parallel parking so i don't want to do that (laughs) well according to this morning we're going to be getting you know houses right across the street from the high school and dancing so yeah there's (laughs) you never know where growth takes and you know they always say you know you can't stop growth you can only uh you know you can only control how you respond to growth and i think luckily we've always been really really lucky to have stewards of the community you know from 1998 with this vision to current day where you have just the right people with the right leadership um kind of licking at their heels and giving them that drive to make it a really special place um we're just really lucky that we have good stewards of the community who are aware of growth but also want to preserve want to preserve again that small town feel which i always Mm -hmm. come back to because that's what i loved Mm -hmm. you know uh, unless you're 17 years old and you're like i just want to live in a big city Mm -hmm. but then after you know after you kind of go out and see the world and you live in a couple of big cities you go never mind i just want to go back to that small town feel but with all the big town amenities yeah (laughs) well and it's like going it's walking in and and being able to say you know and and walking into a show and saying oh hey hi keith you know how are you and you know and being able to talk you know i always like to come in and talk to i always talk to pam and i'd always i always made a point of that or right um you know uh can't think of her name Jarvis um oh I just totally her name just totally redhead can't think of her name Redhead. Ted and Ted and Tim and oh uh, grandma mama I'm, I'm, I'm losing it yeah oh, 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 oh. um oh for Jow Kathy Jow Kathy Jow Mama oh, Jow yes, of course Ma- yeah. yeah so I mean seeing her yeah. I can't believe I just my, oh my gosh my mom's gonna be so <laughs> mad <okay>. at me <laughs> so I'm like, um, but you know being able to walk in and that's kind of the cool part about like yeah. the reason why I keep coming back to the Van Singal yeah so. but you know what let's talk about you know so yeah so we're fast forwarding to today and here we are and now you do have competition more so we do because you, know, you kind of built it and they came yep <laughs> and, and they built their own right. <laughs> so and the um, went off and kept building their own <laughs> yeah so um but you know you do i mean yeah. how is you know how is 
the Van Single changing to to grow and 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 hit the next level. Yeah, because um, we all know you guys are gonna hit it way before anybody else. Oh, thank you. You're we welcome. try to be cutting edge. We try to be cutting edge. What a, a lot of what we recognized is uh, when we first started, you know, because ultimately at the end of the day, we are very strategic in what we do there. Mm-hmm. Um, we do effectively operate as a charity with mm-hmm. the idea of supporting our mm-hmm. classroom activities. So whatever we do there, it's never arbitrary. It's always with the idea of we have to somehow turn this into a fundraiser mm-hmm. to be able to take a little bit back to give to the student use and make sure that that we continue to open the doors for its number mm-hmm. one purpose, which is education of, of, of the Byron Center kids. So with that, um, one of our major tiers when we first set out with our structure was we had to have professional shows and um, community partners who would underwrite those shows and then the ticket and profits mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Uh, those shows would, would help feed back into our overall mission of mm-hmm. gotta, we gotta keep our kids on stage and keep this place open for our kids. Um, but uh, what we found, you know, I've been on, I've been in this role now since 2016, and um, and what we found is that, you know, times have changed where, you know, we can't rely solely on those ticket uh, shows or even rentals for that matter. Um, times have just changed, and I think for some people, you know, it's very interesting because we have two very. Um, very specific demographics that we're working with because being part of the district obviously we serve the families mm-hmm. of Byron Center Public Schools but on the other hand we have a really special place in the district because we um, have this unique opportunity to bring in the empty nesters bring in the retirees bring in people from around the state who have no other tie to Byron Center this the Van Single Fine Arts Center is representative of BCPS of Byron Center as a community and that's a really special um, place we hold in the district so we're really proud of that and that's where our professional shows um, come in and we're able to make that connection with people however um, we also recognize that maybe some of these other, you know, these younger families who they've got the Hulu subscription, they've got mm-hmm. karate practice followed by ballet, followed by they've got to drop Timmy off at, and, mm-hmm. and, and Disney mm-hmm. Plus, and, you know, mm-hmm. and then they've got football. I mean, for a lot of these um, families, you know, the real uh, kind of the real novelty is staying home. Whereas once upon a time, you know, even 20 years ago, a novelty was taking the kids to the theater. We're going to go see a Christmas carol. They have a great touring group coming through that's going to mm-hmm. do a Christmas carol. It's going to be beautiful. Um, great production value. That was the novelty. Now, 20 years ahead, we're almost inundated by these opportunities. And so some of these families are saying, you know, frankly, I, a, a bigger rarity in my house is sitting there and putting my feet up and just mm-hmm. listening to silence. So um, we kind of want to respond to that demographic, too. We still have this demographic that's very hungry for live entertainment, and and we are very handicap accessible. We are, you know, outside of the suburbs, and parking isn't an issue kind of thing, mm-hmm. and, and we're in a really good space. Um, but then on the other hand, again, we have these other, these other you know, usually younger families who are going, I don't have time. Like, mm. uh, and, and for them, theater is not a spectator sport. They will want to – they're more apt to go to the theater if it's – a contact sport and that's where we wanted to get into things that are more local like community theater like mm-hmm. visit the youth mm-hmm. theater you know when when you have um when you have people who know people who get up on stage i think that's a, a really big draw and something memorable on on oh a thousand levels you know you you know mm-hmm. what when else in your life are you going to have an opportunity to star with your eight-year-old niece on stage and have your grandma there too you know mm-hmm. and so there's kind of it's it's a unique opportunity not all communities have it and that's where we really wanted to try to fill that niche as well we did one in 2012 for the music man which you are you familiar with that no <laughs> i wouldn't know that but i think i know two little girls who might have been in there with their mom <laughs> oh and i wonder if they had a good time <laughs> but yeah we did music man and that was um the mm-hmm. the um 
Oh, is that the centennial? That was the centennial. Centennial. Okay. I always get my words mixed up when it's like centennial. Like, or was it sesquennial? No, it was centennial. Right. That's where I'm going. Mm, it was the celebration yeah. of Byron Township's life. Yeah. Legacy. <laughs> legacy. Yeah. And so it, it was a really special uh, production, and that was our first one ever where we're like, we want people of all ages on stage, um, and it was a massive undertaking. And so kind of after it was done, I'll be quite plain. Everyone's like heaving sighs of relief going holy toledo we must have been crazy mm-hmm. but um you know then after a couple of years you know you get far enough away from something you know it started to be like you know what that could be really our life's blood because again at the end of the day mm-hmm. everything is strategic and trying mm-hmm. to get back to the kids and we got to do something that makes enough of a stir and earns enough profit that we can give it back to mm-hmm. our fundraising goal of the kids and so um and so we started thinking about community theater when you know it was a success not only was it uh you know, well, you had 61 success. What's 61, that? You had 61 actors plus exactly. all the people on stage. Yeah, and, and so, yeah. you know, we're going, you know, and you have all these people who are hungry for it. We have people still asking, why wouldn't we do it? Kind of the same mentality behind Visit, you know, where we're going, why wouldn't we? And so we did it, and we partnered with Master Arts, and then we did Willy Wonka in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a huge success, and we love Master Arts. They are just fantastic mm-hmm. partners. Um, oh, they're, they're mm-hmm. wonderful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do some fantastic productions over in their space, and I think they have their space there. Um, going to be doing a big, uh, kind of a, uh, doing some changes over there. So they've been incredible. Because I, I, I think they're moving. Aren't they moving to a new building? Or I don't something? know if they're moving to a new building or what, what's going on there now. They've had a couple of things, but they, honestly, those people are such hard workers. And like mm-hmm. Tim Bruggen is who I work with a lot over there. And he's just, uh, talk about passion, enthusiasm, like what a tight-knit family over mm-hmm. there. Um, so, any, but yeah, so Master Arts, we partnered with them, worked very closely for Wonka, and it was a stellar experience. Um, and then, you know, and then we kind of shelved that afterwards going, gosh, that was still a lot of work, you know, how, mm-hmm. and we just want to make sure every time we do it, what do we learn? What do we walk away from? And how can we make it... Mm-hmm. Um, better and ultimately, again, beneficial in the overall big picture that we serve for BCPS. And so, uh, so yeah, so we're excited because we think we've kind of, I say it tentatively because there's always room to grow, but we think we've cracked the code. And, and now our plan is to come up with a community theater production in 2020, 22, and 24. Mm-hmm. Um, so every two years, at least until uh, for the next for the next five years, that's our plan. If it's an even year, we're hoping to do community theater at Van Single. And um, so, yep, so May we'll be putting out auditions. What we're doing is still a mystery. We have a Van Single Productions Midi that's meeting on it currently. Uh, but, you know, I'm always a fan of Go Commercial and have lots of uh, varied roles generationally. You know, again, I think well, it's special to have all ages up there. And having, and I'll, and you know, so that everybody knows, yes, I was in the Music Man and I was in Willy Wonka. Yay. And um, it was fun having those generational roles. I'm still Facebook friends with several of the people who were in the show. Um, Travis, I'm so happy you made nursing. And <laughs> so, but yeah, I mean, I'll, I mean, and I'm still friends with the director, Kathy. Yeah. And um, it's her. just, it's, it's just been a, an incredible opportunity to, you know, connect and reconnect with those people at different times. I do. And I, yeah. I actually interviewed Kathy, I think over like six, seven months ago on a, uh-huh. a show she was doing. Um, so yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of fun to have those connections again and see people. And sometimes I'll just see him. Um, there's one guy I know he's, he, he, goes to school in New York City. His name is Jason, and he actually will come back. He'll work at the Costco. And oh, yeah. I always end up in his line. <laughs> I always end up, not by no tra- just No, I just, I, I get in line, and the next thing I know, hey! He's like, hey! And he remembers the girls. I yeah. mean, we talk, and it's kind of fun, and it's having you know, those connections. I and- would highly recommend for anybody listening, if you've never done any kind of theater, or if you have, but it's been a while, 
there's nothing like theater and you don't have to be you know you don't have to be but you don't have to get on stage let's because some people are too that. yeah yeah, yeah. You, you don't have don't, to be on stage yep. you can do just be and... part of it you know be you can be on props makeup just helping out painting on weekends tickets hosting to be part of seats. that experience there's nothing quite like it because it really is um you know into the artistic trenches on it because once you've done it you're almost friends for life in in a in a really strange way where, you know, that, that three weeks uh, is exhausting and fantastic. And it really bonds you to the point where you'll be sitting there. Like you said, you know, I just went through, I, I you know, I want, I, I was at Kathy Van Lopik, her job and, and, she came out to help me. I'm, oh my gosh, you know. And once you kind of been through the ringer mm. of, because there's also nothing quite like the fear of standing up and performing and putting yourself out there for 800 people, 796 seats in, in the what, I don't know, uh, and, maybe a teapot costume of some sort. Yeah, yeah, but a teapot costume. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite role. But yeah, exactly. And there's nothing like putting yourself out there. And mm-hmm. once you've done that, you're sitting there going, you know, these people around me who made it all possible are pretty okay. <laughs> but that's where, you know, we have, it's funny because, well, mm-hmm. Tim, who's um, on mm-hmm. the foundation for Van Single, he uh, did 12 Angry Men, I think, back in um, high school. And mm-hmm. he still talks about it. You know, he is not a feeder person per se. Mm-hmm. But uh, he, you know, it, it remains in his mind for somebody, again, who would probably not classify himself as a fine artist in any regard. Um, you know, it stands out in his mind as one of the most uh, impactful things that he did in his youth. And I think that that's really important. So I keep trying to bully him, honestly, and be like, you should really do a community theater, hey? You know, like, mm. every time he's alone, I try to corner him and be like, hey, have you thought about mm. <laughs> But um, But I think I think that's an incredible thing. But you've thing. got, you had Joel Hondrup, who was yeah. the former... Byron uh, Center clerk, and now yeah, he's the Grand Rapids, Rapids City, City clerk. clerk. Yeah, um, yeah. And, and he had his son in that, and yeah. it was like, and it's really bothered him. And I think mm-hmm. his, his son was in Dalmatians. Yep, too. his son was in Dalmatians. And his son and really liked it. And, yeah. Um, and I just didn't, you know, this is so funny, but I've known Keith Parrish from, he's the Kent County treasurer. For years, yeah. and just realized I was at an event on Friday, and realized how much how involved he is in theater. And you don't really know who does this, yeah. and how much fun it just connects you to people. Yeah. Because um, if I hadn't participated in the Van Single, I never would have gotten to really know That's you. That's true. And that was like the best part. <laughs> exactly. Because I already knew Kathy and Pam. <laughs> so I was like, <laughs> now that you say that, I think it probably all goes back to you know we all have it in ourselves inherently like instinctively to play you know i mean that's Mm. what you do when you're a kid you learn how to play before you do anything else and i think deep deep down it's it's kind of getting back to those roots which are our most Mm. innate roots of i just want to play you know and you kind of and you learn how to tap that out when you're older or Mm. uh refine it into something more productive you know but deep down i think there's always a desire to play and and explore something that isn't quite you but is you at the same time and i think that that speaks to people and and I think it's a very freeing thing. And, and um, yeah, and, you know, and again, even when it comes to painting and finding props and things, and be like, oh, my gosh, like, you know what? We can use, put this magnet on the bottom of the carrot, and mm-hmm. then we'll drag it across the stage, and it'll stand up like a magic trick. And it's like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> again, that same kind of childlike wonder that you had to tap into when you are 8 years old, mm-hmm. that now you get to do when you're 32 years old, going, wait a minute, oh, my gosh. <laughs> you know, Or just helping to rip down the stage with Steve yeah. and go, wow, that's how you put that together? <laughs> wow, well, that's pretty amazing. Like, grab a hammer and get destructive. Yeah. Like, ooh, it'll be oh, fun. Oh, wait, no, just pull the, oh, wow. That's wow, how, ooh, boom, 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 boom. Wow, that's all I needed was that pull. Oh, wow, exactly. that's really cool. So, yeah. So. Well, I would like to encourage all of our listeners, if they haven't had a chance, to check out the Van Single Fine Arts. Absolutely. Um, and where can they go for a list of the shows that are going on? Oh, yes. So we um, always recommend uh, our box office, calling our box office still 
probably the best option. Um, our, we do have ticketing online um, at vsfac.com, as in Van Single Fine Arts Center, um, vsfac.com. We do have ticketing on there, but there are, as always, when you order online, there are ticket surcharges and, mm-hmm. and you know, um, the way ticketing system works, you know, the, the best seats, you're in the best hands if you call our box office with 616-878-6800. Again, that's 616-878-6800. And, uh, and we always recommend we have Cindy and Pam are the ones who are working that right now. And they are box office queens and they are perfect. And they will always look out for the best seats and they'll take requests. You know, if you're like, oh, yeah. I like to look at stage right, which I personally, I like being on house mm. left so that I can look behind on stage right. I like to watch people get nervous and like wait for their moment to come on. So I like sitting in an extreme angle. And I also like to feel like people sweat on me as they're dancing across stage. I'm like, yes, get me close to the action. So, um, but no, so they will, they will get you some great seats. And yeah, and we encourage, um, if, if there's any, um, interest in volunteering or, um, painting backstage, anything like that, we are, we are really taking, uh, you know, kind of, as we call it, Van Single 2.0 the past few years, we take whatever, um, interests that you might have. We would love to talk to you more about being involved just because, um, sky's the limit and we're all about being creative at van single and you know we are trying something new at any given point so mm-hmm. yeah so, so thanks so much for having us on the show this is really fun so. yeah. well i just want to let everybody know that the van single fine arts is actually located 8500 burlingame avenue on the corner of 84th and burlingame in byron center so it's not that hard and there's lots of parking just yes, wanted indeed. to say not pointing any fingers to anybody <laughs> <laughs> so but yeah you know what sarah this has been so much Thanks fun yeah so if you do the community theater i'll have to have you back on yes absolutely so. i wonder if you should audition maybe what do you think oh we'll talk about that later so, <laughs> anyways i'm joanne bailey borsma i want to thank our guests again today thank sarah Brower, for coming on Thanks, Joanne. and this has been locally entertaining thanks for listening